this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and so glad you guys are with me today. Here we are, guys, countdown till Christmas. Can you believe it? Here we are Wednesday. We have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. My gosh, folks, we are here. We are here on Christmas. I'm so excited. I'm like a kid in a candy store. I just eat up Christmas. I love it. I really do. I eat up Christmas tree. I eat up Santa Claus. I eat up the you know the stockings, the lights, but more importantly, I absolutely Absolutely love Christmas because I know it's the day that Christ came to earth and I'm so rejoicing in that and so happy for that I really am that saved our lives right and I'm I'm thrilled because every part of Christmas from start to finish is my favorite I it's just my favorite holiday of the entire year and I hope it is for you guys as well I hope you're gonna have a blessed wonderful Merry Christmas I hope you guys are spending time with your loved ones your spouses your children uh, friends that love you even if you don't have maybe a spouse or children or or parents, hey, you know what? There's so many people around you that are your friends. I know that if you were to say, hey, you know, may I spend Christmas with you? You know, I know you have enough loving people in your life that would say, absolutely, we would love to have you at our table at Christmas time. And that makes me happy because everybody should have somebody. Amen? That's a great thing about the kingdom of God. So, Today, I'm going to talk about something that I'm actually working on a series about, and that is loving the person you're with. Loving the person you're with. You know, a lot of times we automatically expect everyone to just know love. We expect everyone to just know how love works, uh, know what to do when you love. And the truth is, folks, a lot of us don't understand how that works. A lot of us weren't raised that way. A lot of people weren't raised in, in a loving environment. And so we get into the kingdom of God. We say, hey, God is love. God loves me. God loves me. But yet, what does that mean exactly? So what do we do? We start reading the Bible. We hear things. We read principles. We, we understand the, you know, things that people have gone through in their, in their experiences and how God has maybe rescued them or saved them or what He did for them. And that's awesome because if you think about it, we learn love. You know, we learn love about what love does. And we can't expect people to automatically know what love is every time because a lot of times we don't. A lot of times people don't really know what love is. And so today I want to be able to bring forth a couple of points that I believe will help you that will keep us aligned. You know, my book this month for the month of December, which all of you should already have. If you don't, shame on you. You should download the book or order it by paperback today. It's called Aligning Your Life. I give details on body, so spirit, and you guys would love it. So in this alignment of love today, we want to talk about a couple of points that deal with how to love the person you know you're with? How, how do I love my spouse? How do I love my girlfriend? How do I love my boyfriend? How do I genuinely love them? So one of the first things I've realized in my life is this: is the power to be loyal. The power to be loyal. The power to say, you know what? I don't want anyone else but you. 
I love everyone and everyone has their certain place in my life of a different kind of love. Because let's face it, folks, you're not going to love your parents like you would your spouse. You're not going to love your spouse like you would your children. Love takes on different forms and it's perfectly normal and fine to do so. A lot of times people say you can only love one person. You can, you know, you better just love me and love no one else. Well, here's the key thing. There's a special love you have for the love of your life, your wife, your husband, whatever. But there's another kind of love that you have for your children. And one other kind of love you have for your mom. The love I have for my mother and the love I had for my father compares nothing in the sense of what my love would be for children, my children, or, or, or my, my spouse. Because of the fact that it's a different kind of love. It's not the same kind of love, nor is one greater or lesser than. Because love manifests in different ways in which that person is in the relationship with you. It takes on a different role. I don't love, I wouldn't love my children as much as I would my spouse, and it doesn't mean more or less. It means I love my children differently, or I love my grandmother differently, or I love my dog differently. I love my neighbor differently. And everyone understands the concept that love is love, but love takes on different forms, and, and, and once again, it takes on the form in which it needs to take on for the person that's in your life. But when you deal with, let's say, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a spouse, be loyal. Loyalty means this. Loyalty means I'm loyal to you in the love that I need to give you as my blank, as my spouse. I'm loyal to you in the love in which I display to you or give to you as my children or, or my husband or my wife or my grandmother or my mom because you want to be able to let people know I'm loyal in that way because when it deals with a spouse there's a loyalty that means yes I love other people but I'm loyal to you as my spouse you're bone of my bone flesh of my flesh you are mine you you know uh, you are mine you belong to me I belong to you there's a love there of loyalty which means we don't disrespect you know the person we with you know a lot of times when you think of spouses you know your spouse should never be in public and look at somebody else another you know a guy and a girl if they're together the guy should never say wow look at that girl she's got a hot rocking body right or the girl should ever say, man, look at the look at the muscles on that dude. You know, man, because it's disrespectful. Loyalty takes on a place of honoring and respecting the person you're with by not shaming them, by not making them feel like they're lesser than, not making them feel like, you know, you could be like him with the muscles, you could be like her with the smoking figure, you know. And loyalty means that. Loyalty means I'm sacred within the love I have for you. I'm sacred with how I protect you. I'm sacred in which and how I'm I'm honoring you. I'm sacred by honoring you with the love I have for you because you are my spouse. Therefore, I'm going to be loyal with my words. I'm going to be loyal with my mind. I'm going to be loyal with my actions. I'm going to be loyal with my body. I'm going to be loyal with my soul. I'm going to watch the words that I say. I'm going to make sure that you are the one that I've, I want to be with the rest of my life. Therefore, I would never dishonor you. I would never, never make you feel as if you have to look like one of these people or that person. The truth is, 
you know, in a relationship, should we always look the very best we can for, for our spouse? Absolutely. If we're in this relationship and I just automatically say, well, you've got me now. I can just let my body go, not worry about it. Hey, there's a difference in something that happens medical to you. There's a difference in things that we can't control. Love love loves regardless of that. Amen? Love has nothing to do with, with, with the outside, the exterior. But yet, when we are in love with somebody, we want to make sure we're doing our very best to be the person that still looks attractive to them. And yet, sometimes women put themselves through so much, you know, junk because of the man who tends to not be loyal with his words or his eyes and say, well, I think she's hot. Look at her body. Look at that person over there. Because then when you do that, then it's going to make your wife feel as if she's going to have to look like that. If not, then she's she's not going to be worthy enough in your eyes. She's going to feel competitiveness. Never place your spouse in a place of competitiveness. Never disrespect your spouse by bringing forth that type of language because you want your spouse to know, I'm in love with you. And you're going to do the best you can. I'm going to do the best I can. And everything else is left in the hands of God. But either way, I'm going to be loyal to you. And I'm going to love you. And to me, you're going to be the best looking person. Because you're the one I chose to marry. I didn't choose to marry you because you just happened because five other people turned me down. I, I didn't just happen to marry you because I'm desperate. You know, you always know when people marry for the wrong reasons. And a lot of times, a lot of women and men marry for the place of desperation. And they wonder why they're miserable in their marriage. You know, is this what marriage holds? Because it's not about desperation. It's not about having to, you know, be pressured. It's about finding the person that you see can do no wrong in your eyes, can can look the very best to you, can shine among the crowds because that's my woman, that's my man, that's what that's what you want to begin to bring forth. And know that. That's called being loyal with your eyes and loyal with your emotions and loyal with your words and loyal, period, with inside of you. So these are things to practice when it comes to uh, loving the person you're with. Another thing I'd like to say is learning to forgive easily. Forgive easily. Now, let me ask you a question. There's a line drawn when it deals with certain things of abuse. There's a line drawn in, in physical abuse, and there's a line drawn in verbal abuse. Knowing that forgiveness is there, here's what forgiveness says in a relationship. If you mess up, or maybe you get mad, or you cuss, or you do something because you're upset at work, you know, or whatever the case may be. Forgiveness is there for you. It should always be there. You should forgive 70 times 7 as Jesus commanded us to do. But when it deals with forgiveness, we have to remember this one thing. If it is something that deals with hurting you, abusing you physically, wounding you to where you feel as if you are nobody and you feel worthless, you feel stupid, you feel as if you're the ugliest person on earth. Here's the key thing you have to remember. Is there forgiveness for that? A hundred one percent. Is there a loyalty to that? No. You have to begin to remember that forgiveness is not about them. It's about us. I choose to forgive on, on levels that I know someone is going to be human and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to do things. They're going to swear at times. They're going to do something that embarrasses me. They're going to do something that makes me mad. You know, forgiveness will always be there no matter what. And forgiveness will be there even through times of abuse. Now, I want you to hear me closely when I say this to you because when it deals with abuse, 
forgiveness is not about them. And they can be, and pardon me for saying this, but if a man or woman beats you, they're a sorry piece of you-know-what, right? But there's forgiveness on your part towards them, but there's also a boundary that says, you know what? I am commanded to forgive you for myself, to keep myself and my heart clean, but that doesn't mean I have to put up with this anymore. I need to get out of there, right? And so understand forgiveness. Sometimes forgiveness is a hard word because a lot of times we hear people in the media, you know, or, or maybe other women who are, who are have an abusive mindset, and they might say things such as, oh, I'm sorry he hit you. Well, you know what? Maybe you provoked him. Uh, well, he had a bad day at work. My husband does that too. Let me tell you something. You need to make sure that's the last time you ever hear that conversation come out of that person's mouth. And you need to make sure it's the last time that that man or woman ever hits you. Ever. Because there's forgiveness and there's a, there's a type of love there. But that doesn't mean you have to stay there and put up with that. All right? At that moment, here's what's beautiful about love that I really love. At that moment, the love that you had to them now becomes love towards you. The loyalty you had towards them now becomes being loyal to yourself. Because the moment abuse steps into the picture is the moment that right then, everything you've given out to that person immediately now goes back to you. I need to protect myself. I need to love myself. I need to start being loyal to me. How am I being loyal? By being loyal to my worth. Being loyal to my honor. And if I'm not getting the worth and the honor and the respect and the loyalty, then you know what? I'm going to give it back into me, build me up, and leave. But when it deals with forgiveness, sometimes it's very hard. And it is hard. It's hard to forgive sometimes the person you put your faith and trust in to take care of you for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. Sometimes it's tough to begin to you know, forgive the person or, or be loyal to someone that you know has cheated on you several times. Sometimes it's very hard. But you've got to be able to stay, understand this one thing. Love is love. Forgiveness is forgiveness. But it doesn't mean both of these of loyalty and forgiveness and love doesn't mean you have to stay in the same position you were in to love the way you did. It means you don't have to stay in the same position you were in to be loyal to them. It doesn't mean you have to stay in the same position to find yourself constantly being put in the place that you know you're not getting back the same thing you gave away. And because of that, that's the time to pack your bags and get out, okay? Because you've got to begin to realize that just because somebody says they love you, if they're not displaying loyalty, honoring you, honoring your body, listen to me, ladies and men, hello, talking to both, honoring, your, honoring you, your body, honoring your emotions, honoring your, your respect, Honoring you as a as a human being, much less honoring you as the wife and honoring you as or as the husband. Honoring you by never embarrassing you in front of other people. Honoring you by never putting you down or acting like a parent to you because you're their spouse in front of other people. Never belittling that person. You're not their parent. You are their wife and their husband. And when you're not getting that in return, you need to make sure you're having a talk with this person. Because loyalty and faithfulness and love always displays 
The character of Jesus that says, I will protect you, I will honor you. Women, listen to me. It's not just about men. I have no problem with putting the shoe on the other feet, foot here, all right? And that is this. It's not just about my man protects me, my man honors me, my man loves me, my man forgives me, my man treats me good. That's wonderful. But here's what I'm going to say to you. You protect your man. You honor your man. You respect your man. You love your man. And you treat him as if he's your spouse as well. Women, men, listen to me. Love one another as Christ loved the church. Honor one another with their bodies, their soul, their emotions. How do you honor someone in their emotions? You honor them through your love by keeping them in a place of joy. Keeping them in a place of happiness. Don't allow yourself to disrupt their emotions in a negative way by making them sad. Don't disrupt their emotions in their soul by fragmenting it, by, the, by, by lifting that emotion to a place that once was joy and now it's dread. I'm dreading when you come home. I dread when you call me on the phone. I dread when we go to sleep at nighttime. I dread when you sit with me at the dinner table. You see what I'm saying? You've got to begin to honor them with their emotions and say, you know what? I need to be slow to anger. I need to be gentle as a dove. I need to be able to know that a soft answer turns away anger and wrath. Because I'm going to honor my spouse and I'm gonna, by honoring their soul and keeping their soul intact. Did you guys know if you think about it? That when our soul is fragmented, it sometimes takes years to put it back together. And the reason why, because when the soul of the mind, the will, and the emotions become disrupted, the mind plays games with us. And sometimes we have to go see counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, preachers, you know, sitting under people that are healthy for us. Because when the soul is fragmented and the mind starts believing crazy things and the mind starts getting these mindsets and then all of a sudden there's always that dread, that drudgery, that, that anger, that fear, that rage, that scared mentality because you're around them. That's not love. The most, the best thing we can do for the person we're in love with is try our best. Are you going to be perfect at it? No, no one, no one is, no one is. But we try our best to say, since I love you, I'm not just here to bring you flowers because I made you mad. I'm not just here to buy you a, a nice watch, uh, you know, uh, you know, to my husband, or you know, or buy flowers for the wife because you made me mad last night. It, it's it, that's beautiful, or whatever it is you choose to buy your your wife, your husband, if you have an argument, that's beautiful. But what's really amazing to me is keeping their soul protected. To never give them reason to doubt you. Never give them reason to feel as if that there's a red flag. Never give them reason to feel as if something is wrong. Never give them reasons to feel as if they're second best or they should, they're in competition with the hot babe or the good looking hot hunk down the street, right? Never, don't ever allow yourself to fragment your spouse's soul. You keep it intact by being who you need to be, by bringing them happiness and joy. Are you guys going to get an argument every once in a while? Sure you will. That's natural. It's normal. You're going to have disagreements? Sure you will. But whatever you do, and listen to me closely, I've counseled enough people in my life to know this. Whatever you do, when that moment of that argument comes, you remember what love does. Love would never disrespect. Love would never dishonor. Love would never say, well, you know what? You're a sorry piece of whatever anyway. 
Love would never say, well, you know what? You're, you're nothing but a B-I-T-C-H, right? You would never say these things to your spouse when you're arguing. Never. What you do is you refrain. You hold your tongue and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I would never say those words anyway. I would never say anything ugly, even in a place of disagreement with my spouse, because I know words hold power. And I don't want that spoken out loud out of my mouth for them to hear. And because when they hear it, their mind is going to remember it. Male or female, their mind is going to remember it. And then from that day forward, think about this, the rest of your life possibly. And it doesn't mean people need to not just forget about stuff. Sure, there's a lot of things in life we would love to forget about, right? But you just remember, the moment you utter something, you're disrespecting. The moment you utter something ugly in the midst of a disagreement, you just remember this one thing. The rest of your life, God willing, the rest of your life, that spouse will not forget those mean words and will probably bring it up every time you argue. Does it make it right? Not at all. But one thing I've realized in my life is whatever I put out there, it stays out there. And you can't expect your spouse. You can say, gosh, I'm so sorry for saying that to you. I should have never called you that name. I should have never said you're an a-hole. I should never say, you know, you're a fat whatever. I should have never said, you know, anything ugly. Because you should apologize and forgive how, and they should forgive you. However, you have to remember as a human being, our minds are powerful and our minds will retain, unfortunately, what they heard that hurt them, that was like a knife through their heart. So just remember, we consider and say, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. And, and yes, they will forgive us. However, however, those words out of hurt is like a knife in their heart now. So just remember this one thing. Make a pact with your spouse. I'll never dishonor you that way. If we have a disagreement or if we argue, I will never call you these names. I would never say something that would literally put a knife through your heart because the moment I put that knife through the heart, it might take a long time for you to heal. And I'm going to have to endure it and bear it because I need to be right there with you because I'm the one that caused the pain. And also, and also, you will have that remembrance probably the rest of your life. And do you want to be with a spouse that knows that their mind remembers what you said to them and what you call them out of hurt? Because they expect you to love them. And love protects. And love covers a multitude of sin. And love forgives over and over again. So these are some points today I want to bring to you guys on the power of love. And sometimes when we deal with abuse, it's a very touchy subject. And sometimes I'm not really willing to want to go there. But sometimes it's good that we do. Because sometimes we hear people so many times say, I'll never do it again. Here's my thing. If you love me from the very beginning and you said, I do, till death do us part at that altar, then no matter how angry you ever get, and the Bible says you can be angry, but sin not. I love that. You can be angry. It's like God is saying, hey, you're going to get mad. You're going to get angry. It's no problem. But don't you sin when you're angry. Don't you dare sin. What is that sin? Think about this way. Sin is falling short of the glory of God. Missing the mark of the high call. Missing what mark, Jeremy? Missing the mark by, by literally monsterizing somebody. In other words, literally just cutting them down. 
Because when you cut them down, you cut the image of God down in them. You cut the likeness of God down in them. You literally are doing it back into yourself and you're doing it unto God. And that's the sin problem. So it's okay to be angry and say, gosh, oh, I hate that we argue. I hate this going on right now. And that's fine. But when it deals with crossing the line of sin, you've got to remember that sin will be remembered by your spouse. And you'll be, and you will remember it too. And you'll probably deal with it the rest of your life. So I always say, look, if you truly love somebody, I don't care how angry you ever get at your spouse, there should never be a word uttered because you have to, the first thing that should pop in your mind is I'm mad at you. I'm angry with you. Maybe because we're arguing, we have disagreement or something happened or the child dropped a vase and shattered all over the floor and I'm going picking it up. But because I love you, I would never want to ever call you anything because that's not what love does. But love can be mad. It's okay. Love can get mad at times. Love can get a little angry at times. Love can get a little messy at times, right? That's no problem. But know what love will do and what love will not do. And you'll have a great marriage if you can remember these words. I couldn't begin to tell you how many people in my life I have spoken with that said, he told me this, and I would, and right then in my heart, I would say, when did he tell you that? He told me that five years ago, and I never forgot it. Or men I've spoken with who said, my wife said this about me. Really? How long ago was that? Four years ago. We're not talking about, my wife said this yesterday. My husband said this to me this morning. Folks, years, years, those years linger with those words in the mind. And, and, and you might say, why, Jeremy? Why do we, why do we remember that stuff? Why, why on earth do we retain that kind of horrible data from the person, you know, that we're with? Here's the key thing that we have to remember. Why do we remember that? Because it was spoken to the person, spoken out of the person's mouth to you, of the person that you love the most that would never hurt you, that would never say those things to you. That's why you remember. So you remember because it's a sign that you love that person so much that you can't forget that the person you trusted in to protect you and honor you said such mean words, right? So sometimes those things, of course, those things are a lot of time a curse to us. I remember when. Oh, gosh, I wish you would not remember that. But the other part of it is sometimes they remember because they loved and it hurt. So just remember that. Sometimes it's always bad to bring it up. But sometimes it's good in the back of our conscious mind to remember sometimes because remember that's what love doesn't do. And so the thing is, the key thing is, A, number one, never let those words come out of your mouth. B, build a boundary and let that boundary be so uh, such a force of love that it would never cross that line. And C, forgive no matter what. No matter what. Because the moment you recognize what love will do for you and what love has done for you, what love will continue to do for you, you'll feel safe. You'll feel loved. You'll feel protected. And you'll never have to worry about those angry words or anything malicious coming out of the person's mouth because you know with you, you would never do that either. When you know love... Love just knows automatically what not to say. That's the beautiful thing about love. Love just automatically knows what not to say and what to say.
So I hope this podcast helped you guys out a little bit today. I really do. And I hope it blessed you. I'm going to continue, hopefully, a series in this in the future as well. And I hope it really ministers life to you to be able to know exactly what to do in situations when they do occur in our lives. And if you want more information about this, I have a dynamic series on the website that would really help you out. And it basically... It's talking about relationships, attracting the right relationship, attracting your godly spouse series. And so if you can go to the website, identitynetwork.net, just put in attracting your godly spouse series, attracting your godly spouse series, or call the office at 205-362-7133. That's 205-362-7133. It's a dynamic series about attracting your godly spouse series that would help you and break things down for you for the most amazing, dynamic relationship hopefully you've ever had in your life. Thank you. And so much, so much, so much is happening today in our lives. And I'm so thrilled and honored to be able to be here with you guys during this Christmas holidays. I really am. And as we close today, I like to say this because it's such a thing that that changed my life. And that is this. If you don't like your day, change your thoughts and you'll change your life. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.